Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. Yesterday, we had a a particular young man who joined us yesterday for one day camp, and it, he just he made me smile the entire day. I just want to share a little bit about him. He he it was a delight the entire day. He he began the day early on. He was here early for registration, and he found me as quickly as possible and says, "Where are the basketballs? You always have basketballs in your car. I need basketballs." And I said, "Oh no, I forgot basketballs." He was also here on Friday. Uh, and asking me for basketballs. I forgot on Friday as well to bring basketballs. And so we made a plan. We had soccer balls, we had frisbees, different things. So this guy was everywhere all the time. He was just like a, a little battery uh, moving everywhere, just booming everywhere, boom, 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 boom. At one point, so he would play sport, he would come here, he would listen. And then he, when it came to food time, he was alert. Um, <laughs> So he was one of the first ones in line, uh, had his food, and was done, polished it off quickly. And then uh, he was following the rules. The rules were that if you finished your first round of food, you had to wait till everyone, including the leaders, got through the line to get their food before you could get seconds. So at one point, he was uh, standing behind, I believe, Rico and a few other leaders, and he's standing there with his empty plate, wanting seconds. And he looked at Rico, and he said, uh, have you eaten yet? No? He said, would you please hurry up and eat so I can have seconds? <laughs> he was one of those guys that uh, just, I love being around, love the personalities uh, of, of those who come, and that's why I love working with, with students. He struggled, uh, I thought he struggled to, to discover the, the real reason for being here. And I was a little concerned about him uh, because it seemed like he was interested in everything but the reason we were here. You know, the food, the sport, but the spiritual emphasis, the, the truth of the gospel. I was hoping, I said, man, I hope he catches it. But this is what I'm always amazed by our God is because God draws people to himself in ways that I could never possibly imagine. So this young man... Uh, all over the place. He actually forgot his jacket here. We, we have his jacket in the back, hoping he'd be here today. We'd hand it to him. But he was everywhere but where we thought he should be. And then, towards the end of the day, he, he, he realized that he needed to follow Jesus. Uh, God drew him to himself. And so he initiated that same kind of boldness he had about the food. He, he went straight to Mark Peter and said, Mark Peter, help me. Uh, I need to make a decision. And he prayed last night to, to be a follower of Jesus Christ. That was the decision he made last night. I'm amazed by that. Uh, it's, it's one of those things for me where I go, you know what, uh, in all the logic and the science uh, of our world that we, we kind of park in, in, in our thinking and our logic, I'm always amazed by the, the spiritual dimension, the illogical uh, drawing uh, that God does, God pulling people to himself. And, and changing their lives. Uh, many of us uh, have been changed by Jesus Christ, and so we, we stand firm on that uh, Jesus is the, the Savior of the world, the only one who can bring us into right relationship with God the Father, who we believe exists. We believe that there is a God, that God created this world, and that God wants to be in relationship with us. 
And so he provided a way so that we could have relationship. This way was provided through his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, our sins that we've committed against the Father uh, deserve the penalty of death. Uh, there's a punishment we could never pay and still live, right? And so God, because he loves us, decided to allow his son, Jesus Christ, to pay the penalty on our behalf. And this God that we believe in, the creator of the universe, the creator of the world, uh, allows us to have this relationship with him only through his son, Jesus Christ. He says it's for us as a free gift, not that we have to pay the sacrifice, but that if we, we receive him, we repent of our sins and we receive him and we choose to follow him, we also can become children of God. We're told in Scripture and told by many, many people who followed him before that we have their record in Scripture is that when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ comes and actually uh, makes us his home. He lives within us. Uh, as, as spirit, his, the spirit of God lives within us and we become his children and we, can, we start that, that relationship as his child. Uh, I've been a believer for now for uh, at, at many more years than I can actually count, but 52 years uh, is when I first, 52 years ago, I made my decision to follow Christ and, and God has not let me go. He continues to, to move in me and his, his, his love continues to grow in me. And so I, I praise God. I, I, I believe that, that God does exist and, and I believe that God changes lives because of what he's done in my life. But I continue to be amazed about what he does in other people's lives. And so I continue to have this evidence, evidence that God is alive and that God changes lives. Uh, John 20, verse 30 I believe it's on PowerPoint. I hope we got that running. It's okay. John 20, uh, verse 30, says this. Now Jesus did many signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. A lot of the authors of the Bible uh, wanted to make it clear that everything they were writing about, all the stories they were telling, pointed to this one reality that Jesus is real and that if, if, if a person would place their faith in Jesus Christ, receive the gift, they would have life. They would have life and their lives would be transformed. John, uh, one of the apostles of Jesus Christ, one of the disciples of Jesus Christ, wrote the book of John that you see in your Bible, the New Testament, he wrote this many, many years, decades after he was with Jesus, still walking faithfully with God, still, still standing firm and saying, no, God has changed my life, and so I'm going to write about it. The Gospel of John is the oldest of the Gospels, the, the accounts, the Gospel accounts. And, and John is saying, I'm going to share with you signs and miracles to let you know that this is what Jesus did. And I'm hoping that as you read this, that you will be transformed, that you will place your faith in Jesus Christ by believing in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing in Him, you also will have life. The point of the Gospel of John is that you would believe, that we would believe, and that we would have life in His name. God who still lives, eternal God, who continues to live, continues to give life. The living God who's always been, who will always be, offers us life through the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus Christ. And many other writers of the New Testament uh, 
that we have recorded in the Bible say, listen, I'm telling you all this so that you would believe. The point of Scripture, the point of the Bible is that we would place faith in our Creator and that we would accept the free gift of eternal life that comes only through Jesus Christ. Look, John is packed full of, of signs, miracles that Jesus did to, to show us, to prove that truly that Jesus is the Creator of the universe, that He transcends Everything we understand, natural law, transcends the material, transcends our logic. Matter of fact, Scripture tells us that He actually is logic, that He is reason, He is logos, the Word. John 6 is one of my favorite stories of all time. In the book of John, tells the story of Jesus walking on water. Even if you're not a believer today, if you've never uh, known anything about Jesus, you've probably heard about this man named Jesus who walked on water. Most people, whether they believe or not, have heard about Jesus walking on water. John 6, that evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him, but as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and headed across the lake toward Capernaum. Soon, a gale swept down upon them and the sea grew very rough. They had rowed three or four miles when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. They were terrified. But he called out to them, don't be afraid, I'm here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat and immediately they arrived at their destination. This is one account uh, from the perspective of John. This story, this true story, is recorded in the book of Mark. It's also in the book of Matthew. And it gives a perspective from these different disciples. Bottom line is this, the conclusion is this, that after they had seen Jesus multiply the fish and the bread, there was this feeding of 5,000. We think that feeding, this incredible miracle, was probably more than 5,000 because usually writers would talk about the men. It's possible that there were over 20,000 individuals who were fed that day based on the multiplication of the fish and the bread. Disciples had just been with Jesus and seen this thing happen. Unbelievable. And it wasn't the first miracle they had seen Jesus do. There was others that they had seen. But Jesus stayed on the shore as the disciples rowed to get across the lake, the sea. They had been rowing for nine hours, more than likely struggling with the wind and rain, when at 3 a.m., Jesus decided to walk on the water to save them. Incredible. His intention was to walk past them, but they saw him and were terrified. He calmed the sea before he did that, though, he invited Peter to come out. And Peter said, can I walk with you? If it really is you, can I walk with you? He said, sure, come on out. We're told in Scripture that the, that the, the gale force wind, the waves weren't calmed down yet, but Peter hopped out of the boat and he started walking and then he saw, he saw the waves. He noticed the waves in the storm and all of a sudden he started sinking and he asked for help. Jesus pulled him up and said, hey, where's your faith? I think I would be like Peter, I'm pretty sure. Peter saved him, put him back into the boat, and instantly the storm was over. And I don't want you to miss this. Look at John 6. I believe it's still up there, or maybe not. Look at John 6 again with me. It says this. Don't be afraid, I'm here. Verse 21 says, Then they were eager to let him in the boat, and this last part, and immediately they arrived at their destination. I want you to notice several miracles that were taking place here. It wasn't just the walking on water, which that's impressive enough. All right? Right? 
It was traveling at, we think, Mach 43. All right. I've actually done the math to figure out the distance of where they were on the sea and, and this instantaneous movement from one location to another. They were, they were traveling at least 43 times the speed of sound. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Peter walks on water too. Another miracle. Clearly, in this story, we see Jesus who transcends natural law. Right? This is not normal. We don't see this very often. I have never walked on water unless the water was frozen. But never, never have I seen this or experienced this personally. I think most of you here this morning probably have never experienced this or seen it yourself either. It's not something that we can really identify with. Jesus gets in the boat. You know the first response of the disciples? When he gets in the boat and calms the sea, they say, you really are the Son of God. That's what the book of Matthew records. You're thinking, you're thinking, guys, you, you saw this guy change water into wine, right? You, you, you've seen him and, and, and seen the evidence of him healing a guy from a distance. This is in, also in the book of John, is that he healed the, the son of an official from a distance. He just said, your son's well. And then as the, the official went back to check on his family, he found that his son was fine. The fever was gone. And the people who were with his son at the time uh, told him, no, that at this particular time, our son, your son was healed. And, and he realized it was exactly the time when Jesus said, be healed. Uh, Jesus can, can transform uh, the, the, the physical from a distance without actually being in the physical, without actually t seeing or touching the individual. They're aware of all this. The other miracle after this is the miracle of, of a, a crippled man who had been crippled for 38 years, the Bible tells us. And Jesus says, take up your mat. So he stands up and rolls up his mat. The disciples saw all of this. And let's not forget the feeding of the 5,000 that they just had seen before they got in the boat. I guess you could say that, you know, sometimes we're just a little thick. Maybe we, maybe we just don't get it. I think about myself, I think about all the ways that, that God has transformed me, all the miracles God has done in my life. The, the healing of, of emotion, the, the, the physical healing, the, the transformation of my life over and over again, the, the forgiveness when I don't deserve it. And, and I still struggle to believe sometimes. Maybe you're the same way. Jesus is the creator of the universe. He was there. He's always been. He will always be. He wants to have relationship with us. And so he's provided a way that we can have relationship. I think it's important that we step outside of the, the lock and the grip of, of our logical scientific brains and accept a reality that we can't truly understand. I think about the many, many ways that we operate in a world that actually, in actual fact, is, is a bit illogical. I, I think about marriage. There's not a lot of logic about marriage, but it's real. It's real. How do you explain the love of a man to a woman and a woman to a man? Most people who are in love can't explain it. 
no one has really successfully created an equation, a logical, scientific, mathematical equation for love. We embrace what we cannot explain. And so, why do we have such difficulty embracing the God of the universe who's also out of our ability to explain? I believe that this spiritual, non-material, logical, reasonable God was there before there was natural law, before there was the physical. And He spoke and the earth was put into motion. This, these rules of nature, laws of nature, uh, DNA, all of these very, very intricate details were started by the voice of one that we probably will never fully understand until we see him face to face. It defies our science. It defies our logic. But explain that one to me, how reason put the laws of nature into place. You really are the Son of God, the disciples concluded. <laughs> you really are the Son of God. You are what you claim to be. Wow, amazing. I believe these stories that we see in Scripture are not to inspire us to be like Jesus in this way. I don't believe God is inviting us to walk on water. I do believe, though, that God invites us to place our faith in Him. I think about the World Net Daily article about a man by the name of, of Frank Cabele, who at 35 wanted to impress his congregation, and so he invited his church down to the ocean where he was going to demonstrate by faith that he was going to walk on water. And so all of his church girls were there watching him, and so he started moving, walking into the water, and 20 minutes later, he was dead. He did not try not to laugh at that. <laughs> You're thinking, guys, that's not the point. We either try to, to replicate what, what Jesus has done and missing the point of the reason for the miracles is that is to draw us to him. Or we try to disprove the miracles. Sometimes we come and approach the miracle with signs and we say, no, listen, there's a reason why Jesus was able to walk on water. There was a, an unusual spring frost that took place on the sea and actually Jesus was actually walking on ice. There's scientists who've written about this. The point of the eyewitness account of Jesus walking on the water is not to replicate it or explain it away. This was verified by many witnesses. Jesus walked on water. The point of the Gospel of John is that we would know that Jesus Christ is the Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah, the Savior. He is the Son of God. And by believing in Him, we would have life in His name. That's the reason. That's the reason for all of the things we see in writing that we call the Bible is to draw us to a living relationship with our Savior. I look at my own life and I look at my own story and I can't explain to you really logically, but I just know that after I did all the reasoning and thinking through all the logic, at some point I just knew that Jesus was the one I needed to follow. The Spirit of God pulled me to Himself. And at one point I just said, okay, I can't understand this much more, but I, I will place faith in this one. And my life has never been the same. And many thousands, I would say millions, probably at least a billion people can agree with me on that. 
to say, yes, their life has also been transformed by this one we call Jesus. It defies our understanding. It absolutely defies our understanding. John 1 verse 1 says this, this spaceless, timeless, non-material God has created created the world, transcends the very laws He set in motion. We see this in John 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is in reference to Jesus. This word logos uh, it's the Greek word logos, which means reason and, and, and rationality and thought. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was what? Say it with me. In him was life. And the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The Bible makes the same claim that I'm making this morning. And I, that's why I'm making it, because it's in Scripture. The, the non-material, spaceless, timeless God who, who has always been, who will always be, that defies and transcends all of my logic and my understanding of the rules of nature, offers me an invitation to come and have life and experience that in Him. He wants to have a relationship with us. The logos, the rationality, the, the logic, the mind. John 4 says this, John 4 but the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in, in spirit, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. Verse 24, God is what? God is spirit, non-material. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So we take this truth, understanding of what's true, and we move that into a, an act of faith where we say, okay, I believe in you, God. And then we experience this supernatural gift of salvation. We become a child of God and our lives are changed forever. The living God, the creator of the universe comes and changes our lives. He is the word. He is reason. He is logic. He is spirit. John 8 says this. John 8 verse 58. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, what does he say? I am. At that point, they picked up stones to throw at him because Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. <laughs> A little side note there, right? When anyone stands up and claims to have always existed, it makes some people mad. I think as we approach God, approach our relationship with Him, we're trying to figure this out ourselves, right? And sometimes we get angry at this. I, I, I've... I've been accosted by people who don't believe in God and they're mad at me because I believe in God. <laughs> I've, never, I've never been stoned or stoned. <clears throat> but I have been accosted verbally. It's, in case you didn't know, I, I, I've never, never smoked marijuana. Um, <laughs> I am has changed my life. The one who always was, who is, and who always will be has changed my life. These are the claims of Christ, all right? These are the words of Jesus himself. He's, he's the word. He's reason. He's logic. He is spirit. He's always, always been here. He's timeless. And, and the issue for you and me is that we are not timeless. We had a beginning. We will have an end. And then, of course, 
if we're followers of Christ, we will be with him timelessly. We will become this timelessness. If we haven't followed Christ, we will continue to live, by the way, but away from his presence in great torment and suffering. So in essence, although our physical bodies are not timeless, we are timeless. I am. He goes on to say, all through the book of John and other passages, he says, I am. He says, First of all, I am. He's timeless. Then he says, I'm the bread of life. Trying to help us understand who he really is. He says, I'm the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then I am the vine. I'm the source of all good things. This I am. And Jesus, when he walked on earth, he was always, always crying out and screaming out, look, I'm here to save you. I'm here to change you. I'm here to give you life. I love the passage that's in John chapter 7. I don't have it up here for you, but at one point, he stands up in a huge festival. So in the middle of a crowd, he stands up and he says, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Incredible. Incredible. This was the ongoing message of Jesus when he walked the earth to say, I'm here to help you. I'm here to give you life. Believe. Just believe. Always having conversations with people who refuse to believe. Trying to convince them. Before he was put on the cross, he stood before the city in tears, weeping over the city. Just saying, if you had only believed. Heart broken because so many had refused to believe in him. We have free will. We have reason. And God invites us to, to make a decision. I love what one author argues about this, this difference between our mind and our brain. It's an interesting argument. He says that our, our brain is different than our mind. The object of our brain is different than what we're thinking. As a matter of fact, uh, scientists tell us that uh, every single cell in your body actually replicates itself every 15 years. In other words, the brain I have now is not the one I had 15 years ago. But funny enough, I can still remember things when I was three years old. There's a difference between the, the, the physical object of my brain and, and my mind. All of my memories have transferred past and been moved over to these new cells. Mine is different. To limit ourselves to only a physiological understanding or logic is illogical. Our thoughts are immaterial while the brain is material. If I ask you to think about a two-ton pink elephant, we all there? Is everyone thinking about a two-ton, very heavy pink elephant? Is everyone there? Fantastic. Now, if we did surgery on your brain today, all of you, I, we wouldn't find a two-ton pink elephant in your brain, would we? Maybe some of you. But Our thoughts are different than the object of our brain, right? The material is different than the immaterial. So we can understand this logically. Our thoughts are subjective, but our brain is, is an object. There's this difference. 
It defies logic. Last week, one of my children, one of my sons, and his wife adopted twins. And so we are grandparents again. We are now, I can now increase the number. We have 11 grandchildren. Amazing. And um, this last week, uh, our son uh, started sending us pictures and videos of these new children. They're just beautiful twins, identical twin girls that they've adopted. And I can't explain to you the emotions that I have. I can't. <laughs> uh, this, this thought that somehow these emotions I'm feeling and the, the incredible love I have already for these, these two girls, it doesn't make sense logically. But I'm not just a, 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 a product of my DNA or, or the, the laws of nature that all of a sudden predicted this happening and they knew that I was going to react emotionally to twins. To, to, to me, this is evidence for the fact that God actually does exist and that there's, there's a reality that, that transcends the laws of nature. And therefore, there's a reality that is able to, 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 trans, to transform me and my reality, and that is Jesus Christ. So I think about the love we already have for these two girls that we haven't even met yet. The admiration that I have for my son and his wife for taking on twins. Not their biological children. But I've just moved beyond logic, beyond understanding about who my son is and who my daughter-in-law is. How great they are that they're willing to love. and It's, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. I think about my own walk with God. It doesn't logically make sense. And I realize that, that although I can't really explain it, it's still true. And although scientists probably are going to be unable to, to figure this out in a, in a laboratory, it doesn't take away from the fact that it's still true in a reality. We're invited, we're invited to place faith and the creator of the universe who will change our lives. I invite you this morning uh, to that as well. I, I want you to get past this morning. I want you to get past whatever is holding you back from saying, I place faith in Jesus Christ. God invites the world. He invites all. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you, praise you, we thank you. Lord Jesus, in just so, so many ways, we, we know that you are alive and that you are true. And so, God, we gladly place our faith in you. We continue to walk with you, Father, as your children. Oh, God, how we love you. And God, how you have changed us. Lord, this morning I ask that you would draw people to yourself. That, that Lord, you would continue to change lives even here at this place, this time. We love you, Jesus. In your name I pray. This is Rico Veca, and I am also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today. And it is my hope that you'll join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.